You're listening to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. Hey there, welcome to the show. This is Beyond Synth, episode 334. And on the show today, I am chatting with Mahoney, or technically half of Mahoney, because I'm talking to Ben from Mahoney. And if you have not heard the music of Mahoney, it is awesome. So this will be a good one to listen to because uh, they make really cool tunes. I've played some Mahoney tracks over the years and uh, it was fun to finally chat. And before we do that, I just have a a letter to read and some patron shout-outs to do because we got some new patrons and some upgrades. So, let me just say that we have a new patron this week, and that is Joseph Nelson. Thank you very much, Joseph Nelson. You're a cool guy in the $5 Club. Thank you so much for supporting Beyond Synth. Uh, Tell... 50 of your friends. (laughs) This is... I'm just going to lean into the fact that Beyond Synth is secretly a pyramid scheme, and you all have to go tell everybody you know. I would encourage you to make new friends as well, just so you can tell them that. But uh, seriously, thank you for your support. And I would like to say that Retro Serenade has upgraded his support. Retro Serenade is a very generous guy, and we'll be hearing from him because, as you know, we have added some new reward tiers to the Beyond Synth Patreon, and if you are in the $25 club or higher, you can join Marco and I for a recording of the playlist episodes. And a whole bunch of you are on the list now, and we'll be recording those pretty much from now on because there are so many people on the list. So now every episode, (laughs) Marco and I will be joined by a guest, uh, which is fun. And next week, we'll be joined by Retro Serenade. And if you would like to join Marco and I, now's your chance to become a supporter of Beyond Synth, like the awesome Waylon Kasky Geospatial, who has also upgraded his support. That's right, now in the $25 club. Although, he says he wants me to continue saying he's in the 1988 club. And I tell you what, dude, I'm going to forget to do that. (laughs) Listen, thank you all for your support. It is really awesome, and it has compelled me to make sure I'm putting out more episodes of the show, and I think we've been doing good this past month, making sure there's uh, some new cool content every week, and we're going to keep that up, and we will be joined by awesome patrons. So this week's going to be a little different. I'm going to play a Mahoney track now, and then I'm going to read a letter and do birthdays, and then we will go chat with Mahoney. I think that's what we're going to do. So we play a bunch of awesome Mahoney tracks during the interview, and I thought I would play this fun one now, which I think I've played on the show before, which is actually a remix that they did of this track called Dad Bod, which I think the original version was used in like an ad campaign for something, but then they did like an 80s remix version of the track, and I still think this song's really fun. It's like tongue-in-cheek and silly. I forget what the product was, or was the product actually called Dad Bod? 
Anyway, it's got kind of silly lyrics, but it's a fun tune. It's uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters, the Kings of the Pattersons. We got Chris Dance with the 88, Mike Shima with the 82, Mike Erdahl with the 5666, and in the $50 club, we got Brandon Decker and Tim Carlton. And this is Dad Bod with the track Dad Bod, the Mahoney Remix.
right, and that was Dad Bod by Dad Bod, the Mahoney remix. And I just think that song is a lot of fun, and that is why I played it. Although, to be fair, the rest of the Mahoney catalog is not as silly as that remix, so... <laughs> Anyways, that was uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. We're talking about Jacob Wick, my semi-sonic friend with the 4888, and, of course, Retro Serenade, as we know, who is now in the, the 4111 Club, and Dinner Doug, who is, I guess, technically in the Knights of Synth, because I think that's what the currency translates to if you're doing three four fifty six pound club but listen the point is this okay i gotta i gotta do birthdays and someone sent me a letter and i'll just say the reason why is because i recorded the episode with marco on retro serenade and then realized that we didn't do birthdays in it so i'm gonna do that now because i got a letter from vincent tain on patreon and they say hey andy birthdays are still a thing on the show right i turned 40 on september 20th I'm late a bit, but whatever. You only turned 40 once, or not at all. Glad to have lived in the 80s and 90s back in Canada. Music and games were cool, and I miss YTV in those days. Watching Reboot and Video and Arcade Top 10. Turns out Nicholas Pickles is not his real name, but whatever. Oh yeah, and watching Electric Circus on Much Music, with people barely moving as they don't give a shit until they see the camera pointed at them. Then they'd move like stupid inflatable air dancers and look like their arms and legs would fly off. <laughs> That'd make me laugh every time. Been in Japan for 13 years now. It's alright. People say Japan is in the future with their trains and robots, but they're still using faxes and stamps. What the fuck? He said WTF. Here I do photography and programming like a typical white guy in Japan. I don't teach English, however, so that's not so typical. By the way, my brother-in-law is also named Andy. I guess that's something. He gives no shit about Synthwave, though. Love the show and love supporting it. I like the music and like you shitting on social media with your guests. Most of social media is a flaming pile of garbage that deserves being thrown into a typical synthwave sun broken into horizontal sections. Anyway, thanks. Vincent! Well, listen, Vincent, you're a cool guy, and thanks for supporting the show, and happy belated birthday to you on September the 20th. So I would also like to say happy birthday... I'm not going to bother playing the birthday song. I'm just going to say happy birthday to Vincent... Happy birthday to Franz Varga. That's on October the 2nd. Happy birthday to you. And, like we mentioned in the last episode, there are several people with the October 6th birthday who support Beyond Synth. So I'd like to say, on October the 6th, which is coming up, uh, happy birthday to Chatterack, Jean-Christophe Leconte, and a star apart. That's right. I hope you all have a lovely birthday because you are cool. And thank you so much for supporting the show. And... And one more thing before we go. Of course, since you can support Beyond Synth on Patreon, but also PayPal. And one of my awesome PayPals, Alex Lightspeed. In the 1988 Club, he just sent me a message to say that their uh, vinyl is out. The Alex Lightspeed vinyl. So he says, uh, well, the vinyl is out. Everyone can order the Crimson Sunset LP from Electronic Purification Records or through Bandcamp. Thanks, Andy, for being the best synthwave podcast there is. Alex Lightspeed. Okay, uh, that's all for me. So how about this? We're going to listen to one more Mahoney track. This one's good to listen to because he does talk about it later in the episode. They did a remix of the Journey track Separate Ways. 
and uh, maybe you should hear it so there's some context for later in the show when you uh, when you hear him talk about it. So let's listen to that now, and then when the song is done, I will be chatting with Ben from Mahoney, and uh, that's all I got to say. So this is Separate Ways, in brackets, Worlds Apart, by Journey, the Mahoney Remix.
Alright, well I'm here right now with Mahoney. How's it going, man? Yeah, very well, thank you. All the way from Australia. That's right, Melbourne, Australia. It's always very tricky to uh, organize these because of the time difference. Yeah, that's right. It's always midnight there and too early here and it's difficult, isn't it? Uh, What time is it there right now? 12 p.m., so very respectable time for me. What about you? Uh, It is uh, 10 p.m., Oh, late night. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. Wait, so uh, have I got you on lunch? What's going on? No, look, I actually run a recording studio um, here in Melbourne, so uh, I just sort of have my own time, so I I can do whatever I want, which is great. That's exciting. Yeah. Is that why your music sounds so good? (laughs) Well, I do have a lot of gear, so, you know, it should sound good because, you know, I've I've been sort of collecting gear for years and years and uh, I actually, I had too many analog synthesizers in here. I had to start clearing some out recently because it was just getting ridiculous. So where'd you put them? Did Did you find buyers? Yeah, I just sold them, you know, like it's one of those things with analog synths. I, you collect them and you collect them and then they just start taking up space and you have to keep them really well maintained. And I was just like, I'll keep the cool ones that I use all the time and the other ones are just like eye candy. So I'm going to have to get rid of a few, unfortunately. What are the ones you use all the time? For the 80s sort of synthwave stuff, we found some great ones. There's this one called the Roland Alpha Juno, which is, I think it's actually digital with analog filters and stuff in it. It's just got all the classic sounds on it. And it's got this weird patch thing where you have to download this MIDI file and load it onto the thing for sounds. It took us ages to work out how to use it. But um, that one's great. Juno's 106, Juno 60 we use a lot. Jupiter 6, quite a bit. The... Korg Monopoly is a really weird but cool one, and SH101 is a great one. They, they kind of all do one or two sounds well, so you kind of work out what they are and then just use them for that, you know. You keep saying we. Yeah, I actually should have told you that before we start. Mahoney is actually me and another guy, Darcy. Um, we've been working together, um, you know, since the start. Um, we've been doing the Mahoney Project for probably about maybe 10 years now or so and we used to do we were in another band together before that so we've known each other since we were kids so where's darcy at he he lives about an hour away and yeah he's on holidays with his family at the moment actually okay well you can speak on his behalf can you do an impression of his voice yeah, hello, my name's Darcy. There you go. <laughs> my, my audience is none the wiser. So they'll be fine with all of this. Yeah. So you run a recording studio and you have all this gear. Yeah. Now you did say, you know, when we're doing the 80s stuff, we use these sort of these synths and things. So yep. do you have other projects? I do a lot of writing for television and film stuff, you know, like corporate stuff to pay the bills. I produce stuff for other people, so a real huge range of different music. And I also, you know, personally, I mean, I love the synthwave stuff, but I also do some, you know, like down-tempo hip-hop stuff, a bit of other sort of dance stuff. I I do a lot of different stuff, but um, the Mahoney thing is just like me and Das getting together in the studio, not thinking about anything else and just having fun you know that's that's what we do for fun and, and we love it so it's different when when you're doing music as a job and you have to do all this corporate boring stuff and, and other people's music I think it's really important to be able to turn all that off and just do you know what you love still because a lot of the time it's like people who work in uh, say a snowboard store and they love snowboarding they probably never watch snowboard videos when they go home it's that sort of thing you need to differentiate between work and play you know 
I've known about this Mahoney project for a long time. Yeah. And I've never known much about anything because I feel like I only see you pop up on SoundCloud and there isn't really much information. No. Nah. And, and I've always found that the music was really well produced. Thank you. This is always a weird thing I say to people, but there's certain artists who I will listen to and go, this sounds too good. Uh-huh. And then I sort of, uh, <laughs> I sort of like write it off for a while because yeah. I feel like suspicious of it. Yep. So I guess this all comes from the fact that you are doing music production as a job and all this stuff. Yeah. And that's, that yeah. explains this. Yeah, there you go. So Darcy then works, does he do the same thing? Like, is it? No, no, he does like VFX for films and stuff. So he's, he's a very artistic person, but his stuff is all graphics based. Is it is it one of you two that does the vocals, or do you get other vocal stems from we, people? We do them. I, I sing um, like on Future. That's my my voice. Um, I, I sing on you know when we can, but I, I'm not really a singer. I don't like my voice very much, and I just do it mainly for vocal ideas. And then sometimes it just sounds okay, and we use it. But um, yeah, we 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 like to do both. We like to you know use other vocalists when we can. So yeah, there's, it's a real range of of different ideas coming in and different sounds. We don't want to sort of be a, a band with a singer sort of thing. That's not really our vibe. But I, I have sung on maybe five or six of them, having said that. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I was wondering, because like there are certain artists I listen to and certain voices I get used to, but then yeah. I can put the face to the singer because of like uh-huh. an Instagram uh-huh. account or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. there are artists in the scene who will do that thing where, you know, there's um, vocalists who will sell stems and stuff. Yeah. So sometimes they'll have these artists who, you know, come out of nowhere and have these like really polished vocals that yeah. show up. And I'm always kind of like, do they, is that that person or do they buy these? Because yeah, I like yeah, the vocals yeah. on your tracks. I think they're good. Oh, thanks. They're very basic. You know, we're, we're not very good at writing lyrics, right? So when we do vocals, they're very basic. I mean, the, the whole synthwave thing for us came from Das and I went to school together. So at lunchtime, we used to walk to my house, which was like around the corner and watch 80s movies on TV and, and not go back to school. So we just <laughs> we'd get stuck, stuck into the midday movie yeah, yeah. and just start watching it and then never go back to school. So, you know, we used to listen to the soundtracks. And then when we first heard Synthwave, I think it was maybe Comtrues or something. We were just like, whoa, what is this? That sounds sick. Let's do some music like that. And then we started doing this sort of, you know, down tempo sort of vibe based on films. And we'd be, we'd be like, sample Harold Faltermeyer and you know like all this stuff and get our vibe from that and it, it was something we loved because we grew up in the 80s and we watched so many 80s movies you know well look how about we actually listen to a track cool let the people know all about Mahoney so this is an awesome song it's called Future we just brought it up so let's listen to it this is Future by Mahoney <laughs>
And that was Future by Mahoney from the Mahoney EP. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Self-titled. Way back in 2015. Whoa, that seems like so long ago now. And I've been listening to your track since the beginning, but you never had much of a social media presence, Mm. so I never really got a sense of like who you guys were. And even though I hate social media and it makes me sad, like it also (laughs) makes people feel more real, like when I can put a face to the music, because I think your music is really good. Thank you. And I have for a long time. And like the tracks that I've picked today are all tracks that I listen to a lot. Great. Thank you. And that's all I have to say about it. (laughs) Yeah. Cool. Cool. Now, I I totally know what you mean. Um, You know, like Das and I have just never really been interested in getting into the social media game with it. The thing is, is we just, we really just do it for fun. We we didn't do it to make money. I mean, we we released the stuff through a, a small label here in Australia, the first EP and second EP basically because we i've just got a relationship with them and they did a little bit of press and released it over here but um you know there's so much expectation for people to do the whole social media thing and push it and i just didn't really have the energy i i, I loved sharing a little bit of stuff on there but we just never really got into it so that's why our, our presence online has been so dismal right i mean your well-being your mental well-being and all that stuff is better for it like, that's a guarantee. I think so, yeah, yeah. It is a weird thought. Like, I haven't considered this before, but I would have spoken to you sooner. Mm. It's just, it's weird. It's like there's this thing in the back of my head that when there's no social media, I sort of get the impression that the people don't want to be contacted. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not saying that's how you feel. That's like, it's a weird um, preconceived notion on my part. Yeah, yeah. Even though I'm envious of anyone who isn't on social media. It's a weird (laughs) double-edged sword, right? Because I think I've listened to your tracks as as long as I've seen you uh, posting them on SoundCloud. And I've always been like, oh, Mahoney makes fucking cool music. And there's just some weird mental disconnect on my part it's not your fault you're doing great yeah 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 well i mean look lots of people have contacted us through soundcloud over the years and we've just kind of that's been an easy platform for us just to talk to people about the music and and listen to other people's music there's some great shows like your show on there and you know it's just it's a great way for us just to network with people without having to do a bunch of other stuff you know yeah there are other people who who had social media presence in the synthwave scene and there was a lot of people who wore masks so there's always like (laughs) there's always something going on right so either you can just limit your thing or you can be one of those dudes wearing some helmet (laughs) yeah yeah for sure are you are you a helmet guy no I, if, if I was wearing something, it'd probably be like a, a piece of gear or something, you know, like a, an old roll of analog tape or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised no one's done that. <laughs> there you go. It's open to anyone to try. Yeah, everyone in the scene fetishizes VHS, but I've not seen someone walk around, like, coiled in it. Yeah. Well, that, well, actually, that's an interesting point. We should talk about that because, I mean, all the Mahoney stuff, our rule is I've got a 16-track, one-inch tape machine here and all the Mahoney stuff we bounce to tape and that's one of the ways we get that authentic 80s sound. I mean, a bit of hip-hop stuff, I mastered a tape and stuff to get that sort of sound, but not many people, you know, want that sort of vibe, but um, it really works with that 80s stuff. We keep it as analog as possible and then we master it all to the one-inch tape and um, you know, and and don't try and take out the hiss. It's all part of it, you know. Right. I love it. I love the sound of tape. It's great. See, this is all making sense to me now. I'm glad we had this conversation. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> There's an authentic vibe, definitely, to your tune. So. Yeah, look, I think that there's a lot of synthwave I hear out there now that just sounds so the same because a lot of people are using all the same soft synths and presets. And for me, 
it's got to a point now where if I turn a track on and I hear those same presets again, I just turn it off. I, I don't really, unless it's I mean, <laughs> obviously a great track. But I think the really good producers out there uh, know that and they're, they're going, they're trying to find their own sound using different things. I mean, that's why we pretty much always just use analog synths. We use analog recording chains and we bounce everything to tape because that's what we like the sound of. And, you know, soft synths are great for putting down ideas. Usually that's how we start songs. But um, certainly, you know, a lot of people starting out there with a synth wave, I think rather than just use all those same presets, they should just go and try try something, buy a small analog synth or something that sounds different and, and give, it a, give that a go, you know, because I, I can hear it straight away when someone's used analog synth versus soft synths you know as good as they are these days you can hear it for sure because even like i have occasionally sort of messed around in music programs and stuff and i do have that same experience when i hear when i recognize a a patch Mm. and it is weird because it sort of takes me out of it slightly if i recognize it because it's like you get this sort of sense of well i could do that yeah or i I know that thing you know yeah and i just think it's Synthwave, in its most generic form, is a pretty accessible music genre to make or get started. Do you know what I mean? It's like, definitely, definitely. as much as I love it, and mm. believe me, like if I could replace all the elevator music and generic music, uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> stuff that they play in the malls and shit, like yeah. if I could <laughs> snap my finger and have Mariah Carey disappear and be replaced with <laughs> generic Synthwave, yeah. I would do it. Even if it meant listening to a lot of monotonous, Mm. mediocre synthwave music, I still prefer it to other stuff. But I do think the barrier to entry is relatively low. And I do think there's a lot of people who, I mean, when we see it, especially now that I've done this show for so long, is, you know, there's people who sort of pop in, make a song, get mad that no one listens to their music and disappear. And the real artists, you know, people who actually want to make music stick around and then they find a way. And, you know, maybe they have like a generic first album or some sort of thing, but then they eventually sort of, you know, if you have the actual desire to create, right? Mm. Which I feel like sometimes when something is so easy to make, a lot of people think like, oh, I could try this, you know? And it's not hard to get a free copy of FL Studio and watch a YouTube video, so... That's right. And and with all the accessible sample libraries out there now, they can just drop a few loops in and have it sound pretty good, you know, Mm -hmm. in about five minutes. So, yeah, I totally understand what you're saying there, for sure. There's several different ways people can approach nostalgia. Mm. And I think sometimes people really treat the 80s like... Like, it's the window dressing is the stuff that interests them. It was like, Mm. it's mullets Mm. and people dressed like Don Johnson and the VHS effect just for the sake of it. Yeah. Or cassette noise (laughs) at the start of a song just for the sake of it. Yeah. You know, the reason why I'm nostalgic for 80s stuff is because, like, it was these bold choruses and a real focus on melody. And, like, when pop music was fun it was like it was meant to yep. be like we're making entertainment we're making things that people are going to like to hear you know exactly i totally agree with you there and the big you know extravagant bridges you know and and the emotion that's like the thing that w- we sort of loved about the feel good 80s music was like yes i'm going to do it i'm going to make it you know the college yeah. movie where they're going <laughs> for the end you know i was like fuck yeah that's awesome you know yeah and i think that obviously the sounds do convey that nostalgia too like i love the the palette of just 80s synths mm. and stuff like that that is important to me as well but i feel like there's just sort of a vibe that isn't just about the sounds you know there's even like the the song structures and things like i'm not like a musicologist yeah. so like yeah. this all breaks down now but there's definitely i i hear it i think some people are just way more focused on 
the surface level, well, I'll make a, a generic trance song, but I'll throw the some stock tape hiss over it. Yeah, and I'll start yeah. the song with the sound of a cassette going into a machine. Yeah. And I've created a, a retro track. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, that's right. you know, yeah. you know, you haven't necessarily captured the, yeah. the essence. Yeah, well, that's an interesting point. Because, I mean, one thing we have always tried to do with the Mahoney stuff is capture that songwriting essence from the 80s which I think is so important and you know you'll notice in our songs there's pretty much always a big breakdown massive extravagant bridge or breakdown leading into the last chorus you know because for us it's that build up you know that is so important in 80s music and um, you, you don't hear that in modern pop music or in any other genre really and yeah we love it well I love it too so how about we listen to some more sounds good I want to listen to Keep Moving cool because this is a cool song and it's by Mahoney
And that was Mahoney with Keep Moving. And I'm here right now with Mahoney, or half of Mahoney, Ben. Hey, how you going? Darcy's on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure he's having a good time. Yeah, I'm sure he is too. He's down at the beach. The vocalist on that that last track is a friend of ours called Nick Batterham, who um, he's a really eccentric guy, but he he's an amazing acoustic artist and has his own vibe going on. But he's a good mate of ours, so occasionally he does a track with us. All the guest vocalists that you feature in Mahoney tracks, these are people who you actually get in and record them and stuff? No, no. A lot of the, Some of them are remote. I much prefer to do projects with people in the studio when I can mm-hmm. and get them in, but obviously that is impossible. So, you know, it's just finding vocalists online now. You just have, you know, using Fiverr or whatever, you, you just have this amazing range of, of vocalists you can find. So you can go through, start chatting to people and just get that vocal that you're looking for. A lot of the time, when we start writing tracks, we'll say, okay, I think this wants like a Rick Astley style voice. You know, I can't do that. Let's find someone. Or, you know, you want that soul singer, you know, that massive soul voice. So back in the day before the internet, when we started doing music, you couldn't find that. You had to actually meet the vocalist, go and see a gig, you know. Um, There's no way you could find someone overseas. So it's just amazing how easy it is to find great vocalists these days. And so what's your connection with this Nick person? Like, has he recorded stuff at your studio or is just a guy you know? Well, he actually um, has a great studio himself. So he recorded them at home. And the funny thing is, I, he, he's a really relaxed, super nice guy. And um, he gave us the vocal parts and he said, man, I'd had a few drinks when I did these. I don't know how they're going to turn out. <laughs> and we got them and they needed a little bit of, you know, panel beating, but they came out great, you know, and it's so different to what he normally does. It was just, it was cool. Panel beating. Panel beating yeah like knocking them into shape a <laughs> little bit of moving around a little bit of tuning a little bit of effects you know <laughs> panel beating what's the etymology of that phrase like where, where what's the where does it come from from like a, a car shop a mechanic panel beater what do you call like a panel when you take your car in and get all the dints removed what what are they called what do you call them that's a good question. I'm not really a car guy. I feel like that would just be called dent removal, but dent I guess... Dent removal or something. Yeah, we call them panel beaters. It must just be an Australian thing, so... Well, it might not be. I, I'm not a car guy, so I don't know. Maybe oh, okay. they call them panel beaters here. <laughs> I don't it know. does sound funny now I'm saying it over and over again. <laughs> well, it's just nice to know the history of phrases. Yeah, so. yeah. Now I get it. So you had to uh, iron the dents out of Nick voice yeah yeah but the great thing is he just did it you know when he was feeling loose and and just pure emotion so you know he got we got something different out of him so it's cool yeah yeah well it's a great song so like you know cool thank you the bottom line is the end result was a success that's right that's right <laughs> so when you're sneaking out for lunch with darcy watching 80s movies then what was the what was the what, you know what were the favorites back to school was always one of the one of the best you know i'm sure risky business was probably on quite a few times you know occasionally we'd just watch a couple you know miami vice or something episodes on after that we loved oh caddyshack you know like there was just we would just watch over and over again you know like cuz they they re- they went through a cycle of repeating the same movies like over the year so over every year we'd go oh it's you know haven't seen this in a while it's coming back on and national <laughs> lampoons we loved all the national lampoons ones but um the funny thing was my wife when i met her she's like younger than me and she just missed out on all those 80s movies and so i'd make all these references to them and she would have no idea what i was talking about so over the course of three or four years i had to like educate her and you know show her a few of the 
them. And it was really funny. Like, there was a few of them where she'd just look at it and go, what What were you thinking? Like, yeah. <laughs> this, this is terrible. I'm like, but but the scene where he's, you know, and the, and the gopher and yeah. and she'd be like, well, I, I don't really understand that. And it was don't, like, you, yeah. don't you get I it? Guess. They're back to school. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> uh, so, that was, a, that was a funny experience trying to, you know, educate her. <laughs> And like, I admit that there might be some movies I love from my childhood that are purely for nostalgic reasons, mm. but I think older movies have a texture and a quality to them that ju- just newer movies lack for me. Like, oh, yeah. you know, the overuse of CGI takes me out of movies, digital blood and action movies, oh, you yeah, know, takes definitely. me out of the movie. And yeah, on yeah. a personal, like creative level, I just don't find CGI inspiring, but I do find, you know, practical effects inspiring because I know there was a lot of thought and, you know, creative problem solving that was needed to make it. And there's just nothing inspiring about CGI, even though it, it can look good. Yeah. I forget what I was watching, but I just thought, isn't it cool that when you're watching like some fantasy film mm. in the 80s or 90s, how everything had to be planned? Like even just a simple thing totally. of, oh, a guy flies in and then he floats down and his cape kind of blows in the breeze. Then you go, yeah. well, how the hell do you do that? Well, we're going to have to, I guess, put him on some strings and we're going to have a fan here. And like they would yeah. have to think about all of this. Yeah. And then nowadays it's just, you know, the cape will be a cloth simulation in the computer and this and this and it like it takes the fun out of the imagination and the creative spirit of making oh, something yeah. yep totally and you don't know what's fake and what's real and you know it's like some of it's just so over the top and when you go back to the simplicity of those 80 film 80s films you know it's uh you just you think about now when you watch them how did they do it and and a lot of the time i think it looks better you know than than the modern stuff a lot of that digital stuff to me just looks ridiculous i think for me it is largely and maybe this is all internal like i'd, I'd be curious i mean i guess we'll never have this answer mm. but it would be interesting to like analyze people's brain waves like young people now mm. and go are they getting the same like input from watching a digital explosion and then we just don't get that because <laughs> yeah. we're used to seeing real ones that's very interesting yeah that'd be a very a very good experiment <laughs> because like i said like there's something so inspiring about the creative like ingenuity and planning filmmakers had to do before they were even filming anything mm. like back to the future is you know one of my favorite movies and even though i don't love the sequels as much as the first one yeah when i was young back to the future 2 was like the most inspiring movie to me Uh, like just how they accomplished those effects like practically like it made me want to go to film school and it made me want to make movies and like fuck if they did the movie today like half the effects like i could do just with like after effects and digital tracking and split screens and stuff (laughs) but before digital technology and like editing on computers like they had to invent crazy complex camera rigs and interesting ways of disguising where the seams of the effects are and stuff and that's what excited me creatively because I thought oh like if I actually put my mind to it if I think of clever and ingenious ways like I can do things like this mm, totally. and then nowadays the fun of that's gone because it's like when an actor's acting with himself on the screen it's like yeah they just did a fucking mask and after effects and they you know green screened yeah. around his hand and they probably digitally replaced that guy anyways and yeah. it just takes all the fun out of yeah, the totally. magic 
Mm, no, I agree, hundred percent. I don't know why I'm saying all this. I just <laughs> no, it's interesting because you know, like eighties eighties films is you know, it's like it, it's a big part of where synthwave music came from. So you know, the emotion sort of involved in that around it is is very relevant. I think because um, obviously there were effects that were bad, mm. like there was like bad green screen and movies I love and things like this. Yeah, but there's still something special in a weird way, and sometimes I'm even nostalgic for that when I yeah. I watch a movie from the eighties or 90s I haven't seen and like the guy's got the thick black line around him because he's yeah. <laughs> you know chroma keyed out or whatever and like it is kind of I don't know if it's nice I guess actually what movie did I watch the other day it reminded me because you know I was, I was thinking about the Beverly Hills Cop movies and I was I think I watched what's that movie Rush Hour you know Rush yeah, Hour have you yeah. seen that one and I was actually thinking like that's like a modern version of Beverly Hills Cop a more modern version I know it was quite old now the, the first one anyway but mm. it was like watching the Beverly Hills Cop ones you know we're talking about the simple story and without all the the need for all those effects and stuff that was on TV the other night um, Rush Hour and I was like yeah that's probably like today's version or, or a more modern version of Beverly Hills Cop yeah and that's how old we are that we would say that yeah. about a movie that is 20 years old or how old is Rush Hour? There you go. There you go. (laughs) Crazy, hey? (laughs) Look, I want to listen to to the track Indigo. Sorry, that's not much of a segue. Yeah, no. No Let's let's listen to this. This is a cool song. Who? How do you say this person's name? Talai, 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 Talai. Yeah. Now this is an interesting one, vocalist wise. She's she's a local girl. Um, she sings with her her sisters called the Wolfram Sisters. Um, we've known her for years, and I've done a lot of projects with her over the years. And she is the same age as us and loves the '80s vibe as well. So we had real fun doing this together. We actually did about three tracks, and this one. There's another one that we haven't released, which was really good as well. We should actually finish that off but um she totally got the the 80s vibe and we just gave it to her and let her do her thing and i think she did a great job yeah well it's a good song what i like about it too it, it does have like a vibe that i felt was sort of unique to like some of the other synthwave stuff i was listening to mm, cool and she's got a cool voice so mm, i'm happy excellent. about it nice so this one was recorded in your studio or does she have her own setup? yeah no, no, she came She came to my studio. She only lives about 20 minutes away. So, um, yeah, she came in and did, I think, three tracks on the day, and this one turned out good. All right, well, let's listen to it. This is Mahoney and Tale Wolfgram with Indigo.
And that was Mahoney and Tale Wolfgram with Indigo. And I'm here right now with Ben from Mahoney. And uh, and you were just saying before we listened to that, that uh, Tale, the singer, has her own like musical project. Yeah, she does stuff with her sisters, but she does a bit of teaching as well. But she's like, you know, the, the cover band sort of vibe. She's been playing and singing in, in bands for years and, and doing backup vocals for quite a few big artists touring Australia over the years as well. So she's been in the music industry for years, but, you know, she's always loved the 80s thing and she's done a lot of soul stuff as well. But I knew she'd do the 80s thing well because she we've talked about it, you know, heaps. So she actually had this electronic band back in the day called Mr. Jigger. And um, we had like a 12-piece live sort of house funk sort of thing going on and she was our main female vocalist for that. So I've been playing with her for years. Nice. Do you make some of these connections just by people coming in to the studio or hiring you to do things or having you help them out? Or like, how do you end up meeting some of these people? Look, as a producer, I'm always on the lookout for vocalists. Like for years, I like if I see a cover band with a good vocalist, I just go up right at the end and go, hey, you know, I might be doing some tracks. Do you mind if I get your number? It's a bit creepy sometimes, but yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> so always on the lookout for good vocalists, unique vocalists. It's so, and it's better if, if I can work with them in the studio. I prefer that. So I mean, know it's a lot not possible a lot of the time, but it's so cool if you can work on it together in the same space. You know, I think you get something out of it that you can't when you're just sending files to each other. That's for sure. So did she do the lyrics or what was the? Yeah, she okay. wrote the lyrics. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I knew she'd do a great job, so I just we just sent her the two track and said, listen, this is what we've got. See if you've got a vibe. We, I think we sent her four tracks and we recorded three. And she came in on the day and we just we said, yeah, what do you got? And then we talked about it and changed it around and threw a few ideas around as she was recording them. And she, uh, she just did her thing. So what would you say then, I mean, since Mahoney is sort of like a duo of you two guys, what are the things you individually bring? Mm. And please do the Darcy impression. Yes, hello. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Look, I mean, Darce and I have been working together for so long. He was like the best man at my wedding. You know, we've known each other for years and years since we've been going, went to school together since we were super young, you know, like in prep or something. And we have always had this great relationship where a lot of people when you collaborate with them there'll be one person driving and one person we we really just throw ideas back and forwards we both play keyboard a little bit of keyboards i play guitar he plays bass you know when we're in a writing session together we just throw ideas around and pull synths out and it just you know it's an ever evolving sort of thing and and then over over the whole covid thing as well we just started doing you know late night online sessions and um, working out ways we could actually jam live rather than send a song. He does something, he sends it back. We're like, this sucks. Let's try and use some zero latency stuff so we can actually, you can record your synth there into my system. And so we spent ages hooking up this low latency thing and finally got it working so we could actually jam because that was what we missed. I mean, we used to have, we call them stoner jams where we just get together with this mate of ours, Dave Higgins, and um, he's an amazing keyboard player. And we just sit around and put a beat on and just jam sort of funk sort of stuff for hours, you know. That's the sort of thing we, we really started missing is just that live jam thing because we what we do is record a nice long section and then just look for loops and little ideas that sound good. Out of those, we just start building stuff and, you know, 
that's the way we like to do it, you know. What system did you settle on for this low latency jamming? So, audio movers, have you have you heard of that? No. We tried a few different things and there's this program called Audio Movers and it, it does like a 16 channel low latency thing and our main recording software we use is Logic Pro and we got it so that you can you can put multiple instances so I can send him my beat, he can send me back a synth and it's all zero latency, full high quality, and I can just press record. There was a problem in, you know, obviously when I send him the beat that he's playing along to, there's a delay. So what we did is he recorded it where it sounded in time for him. It was a little bit out here and we worked out what that adjustment was and then just moved it in and it's like, yep, thank you. I've got your synth part now. And we worked out a way where we could actually jam together as well. So it worked out really good. This is just like, this is like a software thing, right? Like, yeah, it's a plugin that you put onto every track and then they open the plugin at their end and you, you put in like this code and it, you can stream one track to his other track. It's, it's amazing. It's a really cool project. Listen to, it's called Audio Movers Listen to, L I S T E N T O. Great program. I'm always interested to find sort of things like that, but I want it for video. Ah, right. That's the fucking rub. Because, like, because yeah. at some point, I want to get back into doing, like, kind of like live streaming and stuff. Yeah, cool. And, and I want to have guests and, and do things, but I just, I have too much of a high bar in my head for the production value. Yeah, for sure. But I've always wanted to do it, but have it feel more like a TV show than. Oh, yeah. I, I tried to experiment with the idea of. Um, Having a virtual producer. Because, mm. you know, when you do like live streaming or whatever, you can switch between camera angles and trigger graphics and stuff like yep. this. Yep. And so what I wanted to do was like kind of set up a thing where like someone else could do the the camera switching and all the stuff so that I could just focus on being like host. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I think actually one of my listeners works for a company that offers this service, like where they supply equipment and they run your live stream. But I think those things are like way out of my budget. <laughs> so I'm, I'm always looking for cheap solutions. <laughs> one of my, you know, music day job things is I do ADR for film stuff, which is automated dialogue replacement. So if someone hasn't recorded a line in a film, correctly they come into the studio and i record them and then i have to stream the video live to a usually a, a producer somewhere else in the world and they're running the session with the voiceover or the, the actor in my studio in my in my live room mm-hmm. and i had to work out a way of doing that and the two plugins i used for that was one called obs have you heard of that yeah 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 i used obs to stream the video and then i used source connect nexus for the for the audio and that worked beautifully I'm like literally just writing this down. This yeah, yeah. this interview has just turned into me uh, getting yeah, information. Yeah, yeah, well, You can cut that <laughs> bit out. But. No, no, no. It's staying um, in. Yeah. So um, I, I was able to. So they're talking to the, the person in the booth in complete low latency from somewhere else across the world. I'm running the ADR session in here and I'm streaming the video that the actor is watching in the live room and they're listening to them completely low latency, what they're recording and watching the video real time and then commenting and getting them to do so. It, it, you know, it works absolutely seamlessly. It's like you cannot tell the difference and the video that they're getting is in full HD. Well, this is exactly what I need. Mm. So there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, look, I'll tell you what else I need is to listen to cool music. Excellent. So, Let's go forward in time to the Afterburner EP. Oh, yes. And let's listen to this track, which I love, called Ride On. Or I guess Ride On. It sounds like I said Ride On. Ride On. Yeah. Like, to ride. Yeah. Ride On by Mahoney. <laughs> 
And that was Mahoney with the track Ride On. And I am here right now with Ben. How's it going? Good. Very well. Thank you. So we just learned a lot about ADR and uh, well, I guess we didn't learn anything about ADR. You sound like a really busy guy. Your studio sounds like a happening place. Yeah, we do a lot of different stuff. But I mean, I've I've had to learn how to create a career out of music. You know, like I, I had a day job for years and um, had to work out how to support my family, you know, uh, doing music stuff. So I've done a lot of different stuff over the years and now... You know, I do a real mix of stuff, so I still have time to do the music I love, like, you know, Mahoney, and, uh, but, uh, you know, I have to do some corporate stuff to pay the bills. Is it like your studio? Yeah. Did it slowly grow to incorporate more things? Like, I imagine when you mm. first built it, you weren't thinking, I can do ADR here. No, no, no. It was uh, initially it was just production for people. So artists would come in. I have a listen to their track. We'd record it and work on it, put lines in, mix it send it off to mastering and then that was you know it was it was doing well but I, I just over the years I'm like how can I diversify this so I started doing podcasts because that blew up the film stuff I've always been interested in so I started mixing post-production film stuff and then I found a little bit of a, a gap in the market around here for ADR so I worked out how to do that and set up the studio and bought all the film mics and worked out how to do that and um you know, I've just sort of worked out that between those things, it not only keeps it interesting, but um, I can survive off it. So, have you been involved in any like big films, or is it more like kind of local things? Or ah, uh, no, I mean, I've been doing a, a lot of um, like some big Netflix series and stuff recently. I had um, Travis Fimmel in here the other day. Um, you know, the guy from Vikings. He's the main guy of Vikings, anyway. He he actually he lives in Achuca, which is like a country town, probably like an hour from here. And that was one of the ones where the producer was in Canada. The audio director was in France, I think. Oh, no, Italy. And he came in here and uh, he was a really nice guy, but it was one of those awkward things where he hadn't seen the cut of the edit. It was a new Western film for a new Netflix show. And um, he sort of didn't like what they'd done and they started into this big discussion on why he wasn't saying something in this way or something before. So it was like a 45-minute discussion between him and the sound director before we even got started and i'm just sitting here going okay um you guys just go for it i'm just gonna have a cup of tea were they paying you by the hour yeah they were so i didn't mind yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well that's cool yeah. how do people go about finding out that they can use your studio for these sorts of things like yeah so i guess running my own business that's the other thing i've learned how to do is work out how to promote my business online with SEO. I, I used to do a, a little bit of that for anyone who doesn't know search engine optimization, which is like when your business appears in the Google searches. It's quite a complicated thing. And, we um, <laughs> you know, it's funny. Why? We talk about search engine optimization a lot on this show. Oh, okay. But it's just funny to me that it always comes up because I'm yeah. lousy at it. Like it's, yeah, it's not yeah, a thing yeah. I'm good at. Yeah. It's a joke I always make because there's a lot of synthwave artists now, like new ones who will pop up with very similar sounding names to other ones. Uh -huh, uh -huh. I always use this example, but there's literally an artist called 1984. <laughs> and so I always just think like that like, must be a nightmare for SEO, right? Yeah, because yeah. you're going to be at the bottom of page 4,000, yeah. you know, with a name like that. And so I yeah. think some of the discussions, um, you know, with artists coming up with like, what's the best way to stand out and trying to just have like a, a really long band name yeah, so that it's just a <laughs> sentence and that, you know, that's the way that it can be found. No, look, I think for anyone starting out, if you're about to create a name, that is definitely something you should think about, <laughs> you know, like not, not only 
only that it sounds cool and, and relates to Synthwave, but try and come up with something original, you know, because it'll really save you some time in the future. <laughs> so how come you didn't want to add a Mahoney 1986 in there or something? Well, it's funny, like to get a, like an Instagram account and stuff, I had to go for, you know, I think Mahoney 1987 or 1984. So, <laughs> I, I, you know, just, just because Mahoney is taken in a lot of stuff. So, um, you know, that, it was interesting. Actually, when we did our SoundCloud account, there was an account of SoundCloud slash just Mahoney. And it was, they had sent us a message saying it's been inactive for so and so long and we actually wrote to them and said listen can we take that name because we want to use it and this person's been inactive so long and they actually gave it to us this is when we first started out so we actually got the Mahoney with any, without any numbers or you know hashtags or anything well that's cool mm. lucky guy yeah that's right yeah <laughs> hard to do I mean so many people have got 17 numbers after their name because of that reason and, you know. <laughs> yeah mm. so wait so you alluded to it before like the, you know preferring to record in studio yeah um, but also connecting with people like using the internet and stuff. So like, mm-hmm. how was your yeah. studio work business affected by like uh, COVID restriction stuff? Melbourne was one of the most restricted cities. We had lockdowns for almost two years, like I, something crazy amount of days. And we were one of the last places to say, okay, this isn't going away. We have to learn with it, live with it. A lot of businesses went bust. You know, it's been a really tough time for a lot of people over here. And the mental illness thing, you know, mental health has been a real issue for a lot of people. So anyway, out of that, we are now pretty much unrestricted in anything we do. Having said that, they've warned us that coming into winter this year, there could be some more restrictions coming back. But as far as business goes, I can finally have sessions in the studio without masks and unrestricted. So it's great. I mean, I was literally two years of inactivity, so it's good to be back, I tell you what. Yeah, you, you didn't have people come in to sing but still have their masks on? Technically, we couldn't actually do a vocal session because they were meant to be wearing a mask. So I was like, okay, you come in, we'll both wear masks. I'll go into the mixing room. You're in the live room. I think we're pretty good now. Yeah, um, I'll, you can I'll take put a bucket on off. my head and I'll stand <laughs> outside right. and I'll yeah. look at you through a series of mirrors. And- yeah, it was all a bit crazy and ridiculous. So, But finally, we're, we're back to, you know, talking to each other without things on our faces. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when we were in the height of it, yeah. uh, my wife works with kids. Mm-hmm. So some of the restrictions were so counterintuitive yeah. to the care of children yeah you know what I mean so there's a lot of things where they had wacky rules where like they weren't allowed to sing for a while (laughs) just because when you sing you project more I guess or whatever whatever their logic was and it was very difficult yeah no doubt and a lot of it just didn't make sense you know so many rules here were just you know all over the place I mean we weren't allowed to play golf or tennis or anything but you know you're allowed to go to the supermarket with 10,000 other people right next to you you know yeah yeah. (laughs) how does that work Uh, I'm glad I'm not a politician, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I know. I totally appreciate the the weird position you'd be in if you were making laws where you're like, okay, you can't close the liquor store because there'd be a riot. Like, there's all these things. So, but then it opens opens up people who can easily then criticize the... 
the wait a second if if you really took this serious you would you know yeah, you know. would say this and not this but then at the same time you're like you still have to sort of make weird concessions because it's like yeah. if the beer store was closed like they'd burn down <laughs> parliament so like yeah totally. you know so this so even though it doesn't make sense it's like yeah you know what can you do and i keep on yeah. thinking like shit if i was the fucking prime minister like yeah honestly what would i do yeah. you know <laughs> like yeah but look i mean like any shitty situation musicians have found a lot of positive things like the whole online streaming thing and being able to jam and, and you know when you're forced to do that and that's the only option remote sessions you know like I had never done any of that stuff before and now I'm a master at it so it sucked in a lot of ways but there were some positives you know you're forced to do stuff and I, I started you know writing a lot of stuff as well as like well, what else am I going to do I got no work on sure I'm going to spend some time with my family but and I was like <laughs> calling up Dask going let's write some freaking music man come on Oh, let's go. Yeah. We've got plenty of time. That's what I like about you, Ben. You're an industrious guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what... <laughs> well, no, that's what I like to hear. I wish I was more productive. Yeah. You know, I still carried on doing the show and stuff, but in my head, I was like, I would see people who were and posting their stupid social media things and it's like, yeah. well, if I'm at home, I'm going to write a thousand songs yeah, and do all this yeah. stuff. And then meanwhile, I was sitting there like... Yeah, fucking right. I'll release two shows a week. Yeah, I'll fucking do yeah. this and that. And then I would all of a sudden go like, oh man, it's been 12 days and I haven't released a show and yeah. time doesn't make sense anymore. And like, I just... <laughs> yeah, well, that, it's an actual medical condition that I found out about is when you, you have periods of inactivity and, you know, mental stress like that when you don't know what's going on, a lot of people just lose all their creativity. And, you know, a lot of people I know were like, I met, I was going to do this I was going to do that I didn't do anything it's like don't stress about it you know a lot of people couldn't do it as well the thing I've learned with music is that when the vibe is there go for it you know and when it's not there don't try and push it you know don't try and force it because if you're trying to write stuff just because you're meant to be and the vibe's not there and you're not feeling it you're never going to write anything good when it feels good and you're doing it just go for it and then wait for it to come back if it disappears you know I'm always envious of those people I feel like there's people who can conjure it yeah I need to be in the zone and there's so many yeah. things in my life that interrupt the zone yeah and it's just like the zone is like a magical thing that I can't quite quantify but I feel it has something to do with drinking some caffeine at the exact right time of day <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes it even requires the weather to be a certain way, even if I'm inside. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like a nice overcast but warm day. I've just had a bunch of caffeine. Uh, and then I get about four hours uninterrupted where I'm just sitting at the computer. Yeah. And then I feel like I can get into the zone. But then always like 10 minutes in, like my kid needs something or I need to go pick them up from yeah. school. Or well, my studio is actually at my house. So I have two young kids. You know, there's plenty of times where I'll be right in the middle of something. And my wife thinks because I'm downstairs that she can call me and go, oh, the kids are doing, you need to do something. It's like, well, I'm meant to be kind of working here if I was yeah. at an office. Yeah, no, no, um, I couldn't this. be doing this. It's like, but all right, I'll turn it off. I'll stop what I'm doing. I'll come upstairs. <laughs> I'm laughing because I've had this exact conversation. Yeah, yeah. I also have the problem where I absorb the energy of everybody else who's around me. Yeah. So it's not just that I require them to pretend I'm not here. 
But like, I also have a difficulty pretending they're not here Mm -hmm. when I need to focus, especially when the kids were doing homeschooling. I don't have a proper office. I'm literally like in the corner of the living room. Oh, wow. And so, and that's where everything is. I've got like a spaceship set here for YouTube videos and like all this other stuff. I've just, yeah, wow. It's a weird thing because on one hand, like, yeah, like I absorb the energy. So my son was frustrated doing online schooling. I would become frustrated Mm. and then I couldn't work properly. And then at the same time, and this is like the weird, like negative downside of, of working from home. I also feel like I'm not as present as I should be because I'm like, well, we're all here. Like this is family time, right? Because we're all in the same room, but really it's not quality time in quotes, but mentally I feel like it is because like, Hey, we're all in the same room. Right. So yeah, this is family time and it really isn't family time. Yeah. That must be tough. I, if I was in the same house as them, I, I'd get nothing done. Yeah. It's a tricky thing. It just means working at silly times and yeah. Yeah. The good thing about my studio is I, I built it myself and I made sure the walls were really thick so <laughs> I can like blast music down here at four in the morning and no yeah. one hears it. So. That's awesome. Yeah. No, I'm envious of that. I'm envious with anyone with the space they can go to yeah yeah it's great yep (laughs) (laughs) it's my sanctuary (laughs) yeah yeah that's awesome yeah let's listen to another song cool i want to listen to dreamer is that all right yeah go all right man here it is this is dreamer by mahoney
And that was Mahoney with the track Dreamer. And I am here right now with one half of Mahoney, Ben. How you going? Do you say you're the better half? Oh, definitely, without doubt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After, I think it was 2019 when you did the, the Afterburner EP, but yep. do you guys ever have plans to release another album, or is it going to be more like singles? Like, what's on your brain? These days, I think people get caught up in just doing singles. I mean, the way the music industry is, it's so easy just to do singles, but I really like a group of songs and I think it really gives an insight into what the artist is doing at that time and and I you know we have got so many unused tracks on our hard drive here you know and I, I listen back to we, we do them in years so 2019 2020 and I go through and listen to the tracks we did in that year and every year the sound changes a little bit and that that afterburner was a really good example because we were just in this sort of mellow vibe and we just kind of came out with this bunch of songs that weren't really poppy or anything that, you know, and we just loved the sound of them and made sure, you know, they were the way we wanted. And when I listen back to those songs now, they're completely different to the first EP and the sounds we used and stuff, but it just gives me a a sort of a window into that space and time. So I'd love to do another EP. I think album-wise, maybe that would be... (laughs) (laughs) I think with an album, you know, it takes so much energy to do and... And I think you end up putting some fillers in there and stuff. But I've got this one track, actually, I was working on this morning that I found from 2016 that we started. And um, I definitely want to get that finished and release it soon. It's called Poly 8000. That's what it's called at the moment. But um, it's got these amazing synth, all these analog synths that are just so raw. They got no effects on them and a really basic beat. And it just took me back to that time, you know. I'm like, oh, that sounds really cool. But I tell you what, if I did an EP with that song, maybe the new songs I did wouldn't sound anything like that because it's from 2016. (laughs) Who knows? Could you easily go in and finish a thing or would you feel weird about even touching it at all because your current sensibility would be so different to where you were at that it would feel weird to finish? No, look, I I love going back and listening to stuff because it's not being used. Sometimes we'll just pull a loop out, sometimes just one synth. if there's one little bit in there that we like, then we just rip it out. And we did a gig. It's the only time we've ever done a Mahoney gig, but this bar in Melbourne asked us to play. And we did a gig. And so we had to get a bunch of songs ready. And we actually got like, you know, 12 tracks. that could have been an album ready. And then we did the gig. That was really fun. And then we didn't do anything with them for ages. And I went back and listened to them and said, well, we've got all these songs. Should we do an album? And it was really funny. It was like, it was only six months later when we revisited them, but half of them I didn't like anymore, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I don't know if we can do it. So we kind of just let it slide. But I had another listen to them recently and there's some good stuff there. We could definitely panel beat them, so to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I used to fool around making music stuff, but never, like, it was never any good. It was always sounded just like weird, off-putting video game music. But that's back when I used to smoke weed, so I don't smoke anymore. I haven't smoked in a long time. Yeah, me too, me too. But oh. when I did, I would get into these stupid zones where I would make a little thing, listen to it loop for hours just high, thinking I had made this amazing thing, and then listen to it sober and be like, what the fuck was this? But then sometimes there were some songs that had some weird hypnotic magic, but only went high. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like, I could get high again and get back into it and be like, yeah, this song's fucking cool, you know? Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> I know what you mean. I used to jam back in the day when I was much younger with this friend of mine, and um, he was a great keyboard player. And I used to play guitar and bass, and we just have jam in this little hut with this other keyboard player who didn't smoke. So him and I used to smoke throughout the night. And by the end of the night, he'd just be playing this. You know, I think it was a called a JV 1080, which was like an 80s sort of sounding synth. They, they sound terrible these days, but back then it had all these sound effects on them. By the end of the night, we'd both just be lying on the floor with him pressing one oh 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 <laughs> just stupid sound and we'd just be going man that sounds so cool <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like fun to me when i was younger i mean because i was you know in high school in like the mid 90s and so obviously like grunge and punk and stuff were like sort of the big genres like so anyone i knew who had a band there was no synths involved right like yeah, that just wasn't totally, the time yeah. for it so it was all just punk yeah. bands and Guitars, yeah. yeah noisy stuff and and it, yeah. th- you know that stuff's fine but yeah. you telling that story to me now is just like oh i wish i knew someone who I could get together with and yeah. jam on a keyboard like that's jam this. on some keyboards, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was funny. I mean, because I was in in high school at that time as well, you know, and um, I was playing. I think I was playing bass in a seventies disco cover band at the time, and of all things, mm. um, to make some money. But everyone was just into, you know, like grunge and, and that was, you know, and, and I loved the grunge. I, I was a guitarist, so, you know, I was playing sort of heavy metal stuff on, on guitar and rock stuff. But, um, you know, in that stage of my life, I, I was, you know, I didn't even have any sort of, apart from the disco stuff, you know, which has a bit of keyboards, like I didn't even, you know, have any keyboard influence there. It wasn't until I started writing music with some friends of mine just after school when we started the Mr. Jigger thing and we started buying some analog synths together that I got into keyboards and then we just went all out, you know, like ditched the guitars, sold the guitars and just bought synths, you know. It was a complete change because that's what we were into. But yeah, I know what you mean. At school, it was all grunge. That was definitely the vibe and it's... Mm. It was too bad because I love synths, right? So Mm. I was like the weirdo who listened to Depeche Mode and stuff just because I I just... I, I always loved synth things and most of the stuff I liked was always synths involved in some way. I was a big Doctor Who fan and like the, nice. the scores of that show was always just yeah. bizarre experimental electronic music and stuff. And Yeah, that was some classic great synth in those Doctor Who episodes, that's for sure. I'm surprised there was uh, any interest in like a disco project at all. I'll tell you what it was. It was like early 90. No, it would have been like 94, yeah, sort of mid-90s. Like I was, you know, in year 10, 11, 12 at school or something and all the kids were starting to go out to nightclubs and stuff. And um, when that 70s sort of retro thing had started coming in, you know, it was 70s and it was 80s and this is what was cool back then. It was the 70s sort of vibe and we, so we started this band. We got dressed up in the full, you know, like 70s gear and played club sort of gigs and um yeah it was fun for a while it was it certainly taught me how to play bass because i actually i was a guitarist and i started playing bass because i got off of this gig so i learned how to play bass and the 70s stuff is really good for learning how to play bass because it's you know funk and sort of you know based sort of stuff but sure it was good it was good for teaching me how to play bass that's for sure well that's the thing because i i mean growing up in the 90s i know like disco was one of those things that people always sort of maligned like it was a joke but i love disco like there's some yeah, fucking amazing yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> disco stuff and like yeah. big fat synth chords oh, yeah. and stuff. I loved that early sort of seventies funk stuff. You know, I, I used to listen to a lot of funk back in the time. You know, that rare groove funk sort of stuff. So yeah, there's some great stuff there. Well, speaking of great stuff, let's uh, listen to some more Mahoney. Sounds good. I want to listen to Middle of the Night. Cool, because uh, this is a cool song, and uh, it's by Mahoney.
And that was Mahoney with the track Middle of the Night. And I'm here right now with Ben. Hello. Who's the singer in this song? This one actually was just a sample of someone that we found. And it was one of those tracks that we had and we tried replacing the vocal that we had. And we got someone on Fiverr to do it and it just was never the same. And it sounded great. And, you know, I was like, I hate using samples, but... It just sounds good. So we just said, stuff it. We're going to release it. So we don't do that very often, but when it works, it works. You know, I was just like, oh, well, the problem with that is someone else might have used the vocal for something, but I'm sure it's going to be a lot different to what we do with it. So who cares? You know, we used to sample a lot of music back in the day. So it's kind of the same thing, you know? It is actually interesting to hear what different people do with the same thing. Because like, like I said earlier in the show, like, you know, there's a whole... You know, people who who have pre-made vocal stems that they, mm. they sell to, you know, electronic musicians and stuff. Yeah. And in one case, I actually heard two songs that use the same vocal. Like, I actually mm. recognized it. And I'm like, oh, I yeah. know this vocal. It's from this other song. Yeah. But then one artist, it's like one of my favorite songs. Like, they just yeah. made an amazing fucking song. Of it. And the other one was like, fine. Yeah. But I remember, like, hearing the, the vocal. And that's when I first discovered this was even a thing. I'm a pretty naive guy sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And it, it wasn't until, like, a few years ago where, because I would hear these people make cool music. And I just assumed they reached out to somebody. And then I just found out, like, oh, there's, like, a whole thing of people just selling vocal stems. Like, okay. Yeah. Which I guess is good. Because, obviously, you know, people send me music. And I've, I've had to listen to some music with some, some pretty bad vocals. Yeah. And so, you know... Right. If you can buy some from somebody that are like recorded properly like that's yeah. <laughs> that's great yeah well, it's that that sort of thing i mean we 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 do a few remixes you know like we, we do some remixes of things you might have heard as well and it's that that whole thing I, i've always been into sort of sampling sounds and regenerating sounds but i think as long as you put your own spin on them you know i think that's cool i mean one of the bands i really respect is the avalanches you know i don't know if you know them but um they basically their, f- their first record was a hundred percent sample so that's all they used and they just put it together like a lego sort of thing and it came out just amazing and no one had ever heard anything like it unfortunately they ended up running into a huge problem licensing all the music because it became so popular and they ended up making no money at all off their first album because they had to pay so many royalty fees and stuff but you know i think it's just like put your own spin on it use regenerate stuff use it in your own way i've got no problem with that you know i love it when people reuse stuff and and do it in a way that you've never heard before you know one of the remixes we did was um separate ways by journey which is a massive you know rock song 80s rock song and the biggest part of the song obviously is the chorus someday we will find you and we didn't even use that part of the song i was listening to it i heard it and i listened to the chord changes and i was was with das i'm like man that is so sick I can imagine a synthwave remix of that. And so we used the the verse and then we used the pre-chorus as the hook and then went back into the verse. And we had so many people write to us saying, what are you doing? Like, where's the, you're not using the best part of the song. How can you do this? You know, and like getting real angry with us. And it's like, no, well, that's the way I heard it. That's what I wanted to use out of the song. I don't particularly want to use the chorus because, you know, it's not right for this remix we're doing. So because people love the remix, we got a really good response from it, but. I can't tell you how many people wrote to us saying, can you do another one with a chorus? And we actually had this one dude rip off our remix and put the chorus in and re-release it. You know, like it, was, <laughs> it was real funny. Well, when it comes to doing covers and remixes and stuff, like the key is just to make it as transformative as possible. Like that should be the point of a remix or a yeah. cover. Like in the synthwave scene... 
I've had to hear lots mm. of covers of like the Stranger Things theme, and it just sort of baffles me because like, what is the purpose mm. of a synthwave cover of a song that is already synthwave? Totally, I agree. Yeah, yeah. And what I think artists should do is like synthwave covers of you know country songs and shit. Like really take yeah. something and transform it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. justify the the reinterpretation. Yeah, for sure, for sure. No, I, I know what you mean. And you know, it's like I was thinking when when we were doing our sort of remixes, it's like. Like, you know, even I, I was thinking about that, like doing stuff from the 80s is like, is so much easier than pulling in a different genre. But for me, I really wanted to use some of the elements of those sounds. And so it kind of worked that way for us. But um, some people do it really well, you know, like just take songs you would not expect and turn them into a great 80s track, you know, like. There's a guy called Tronic Box, I think. He just turns Justin Bieber and Celine Dion and, you know, um, all these songs into just the best 80s song you've ever heard. He's so good. I love how just when just making things 80s just makes them better. I think so. <laughs> I mean, if it's done properly anyways, yeah, it always seems to. That's an interesting point, actually. Do you know of other genres of music where they do the same thing? Like, is there a whole thing where death metal or hardcore or any of those other things pull in like an 80s song and turn it into a, you know, a hardcore song or a, I mean, I know it, there's a lot of people in dance music that do that with, you know, like electronic sort of stuff. But I don't know of really any other genres that people do that as much. Do you? Not really. But then mm. I might be the wrong guy to ask because I'm very mm. into this scene. Yeah. So yeah. I personally like this is pretty much all I listen to now. Like I don't even really know that much about modern current music trends or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Apart from the yeah. fucking loops I hear from my wife's phone as she scrolls through TikTok. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's funny. But like, yeah, so I, I have no idea. So like, I'm just here all the time. Yeah, cool, cool. So it's, it's, it is the majority of what I do. But it, it's nice because the synthwave scene is such a broad yeah. label now. So it, I'm listening to like synth pop and AOR yeah, and film scores. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, and then there's people who, who make music that really sounds like, oh, this could have been recorded in the 80s. And then there's people who make stuff that's like all yep. nice and polished modern production value, but with, you know, the 80s aesthetic. And there's so many different things. So like, I don't, I'm not bored by it you must have to trawl through so much music right to get the stuff for your shows it must you know you're i was just listening before we started talking in your last couple of shows and there's some amazing tracks in there they sound amazing so i mean you must get sent so much music and you have to trawl through so much it must be hard like to wade through all this stuff to come out with the stuff that sounds good <laughs> it sounds stupid to say because obviously I'm, I'm very lucky i can do this and mm. it can be a thing but the hardest part is the the mediocre stuff yeah because there's a very easy version of the show i could do mm. which is always relying on artists who i know are good mm. and i wouldn't have to think because there's there's a bunch of people in this scene who are incredibly talented yeah who i know well like yourself for example like i know like you know if i got a notification that said there's a new mahoney track mm -hmm. i know it's going to be good mm. and, I, and in a weird way sometimes I, I take the great artists for granted yeah because i just know they're going to be good but then when a new artist comes along, I go, okay, well, I, w I really want to play their music. Mm. And then I will listen to everything. And that is actually the hardest part when music is fine. Yeah. Because then I listen to it and then I really scrutinize every track to find what I consider is the best one. Mm, yeah and I, the song still has to be good mm. but it's like i, I want to you know just expose other people say hey check this person out and then i'll follow them 
as they make music and see if they they improve or get better or whatever. Yeah, cool. But that's the hardest part because great music, it's fucking simple. Yeah. I know if I love a song within two seconds. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the second I fucking press play on a track, yeah. I know. And it's yeah. only if the artist fucks it up that it goes downhill. Yeah. Yeah. And so for me, that's the easy job. It's like, oh, this song's awesome. I'll pop that into a show. But the hard part is just trolling through stuff. Because even the bad stuff is easy. Yeah. Because when it's really bad, I just hit play and I'm instantly like, Jesus Christ, this vocal is fucking off key. And then I, you know, throw that song in the trash. <laughs> but when there's a vocal that's just kind of off key, yeah, <laughs> you know, and I yeah. sit there and I'll, I'll sit there squinting my eyes and really focusing and listening and going like, is this okay? And occasionally i've even sent those songs to other people i'm just like listen to this song is there something wrong with this like i I need someone else's (laughs) opinion right yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) sometimes people just send music that's just a completely the wrong genre Mm. some people are just terrible like actually terrible yeah i I don't know if i could do that man i I, you know uh, to listen to that much music and pay attention to it that's that must take a lot of time and concentration it's almost a selfish quest. Like, I don't even want to say it's yeah. like, oh, it's really to promote like other people. Like, part of it is selfish because I, I yeah. want new, awesome music. That's right. And, and you know, if you if you find one or two gems every week of, of new artists, that's amazing, you know? Yeah. I mean, obviously, there is like a satisfaction in there, too. I mean, like, mm. whenever people write comments and go like, oh, I just discovered this new artist because of this. I mean, it is a nice feeling. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. But, you know, it just means I got to... <laughs> listen to a lot of nonsense but it's not as yeah. much as you would think because a lot of it is okay yeah you know i mean like a lot of music it's in is okay and then it's just a question of what is the best of the okay sometimes but mm. now that i say that i know people are going to be thinking like what tracks are those like honestly <laughs> i'm so backlogged now and i'm like months behind that yeah. i do feel pretty confident in the playlists i've put together this season yeah because i only usually play five or six songs at the start of the show and I've got like, you know, a, like an iTunes playlist that's like, <laughs> like a hundred songs, like to play. Oh, so wow. now like the cream is sort of rising to the top. And so like when I listen back to the playlist I put together, I'm like, oh, these are fucking cool songs. Like I'm, I'm happy with them. Yeah, cool. That was a lot of me talking. There. No, no, it's interesting. It's interesting. Well, how about this? Why don't you pick a song and then maybe we'll say goodbye after that. Yeah, sure. All right. Let me have a look here. What do I want to hear? Um, let's have a listen to Flashwave Dreamer. All right, let's do it. This is Flashwave Dreamer by Mahoney.
And that was Mahoney with the track Flash Wave Dreamer. And uh, I've been chatting to Ben of Mahoney fame. Hello, hello. And uh, I feel like that last segment, I just talked way too long. So how about we wrap things up? Is there anything that we didn't talk about that you want to talk about? Uh, I just want to say well done on the show. I love it. You know, it's great to have people in the Synthwave community supporting music. And uh, yeah, keep it up. Love the show. Well, thank you. I don't know. <laughs> I, I never know how to receive. I'm not good at receiving uh, compliments or well wishes. <laughs> well, you deserve it. No, it's awesome. Keep it going. And what's coming up? Do you have any uh, teases? The, f- the yeah. future of Mahoney? I look after I was telling you that song that song that's called at the moment it's called Poly 8000 I've got this new desire just to finish it so I'm gonna in the next couple of days I, I'm gonna give Dars a call when he gets back from holiday I'm gonna have it sounding really good so he gets excited and we're gonna I think we're gonna finish that and release it I wanna get it out because we haven't put anything out for quite some time now so uh, I will let you know that'll be in the next hopefully in a week um, we'll release that track I say a week it could be six months before we finish it if there's something I don't like who <laughs> well, that's cool, man. That's it. I don't know. I re- <laughs> I'm really bad at wrapping things up. Oh, good. Oh, good. But look, it was it was lovely to talk to you. You know, especially since uh, I never knew anything uh, about Mahoney. So this is fun. This has been like a nice information dump for my brain, where I feel like nice. Yeah, it's good to have a chat. Great to have a chat. Um, it's been very fun. Thank you. Yeah, man. And keep on making cool music. Will do. Uh, it's all been very good. And I, as I say, I have been listening for a long time. And there's a, a bunch of tracks that are. Um, tracks i listen to on a regular basis excellent thank you very much and uh you keep on being cool and i guess say hi to to darcy will do will do all right man well you have a lovely australia afternoon afternoon yeah and and you should be getting to bed soon i'd say it must be 11 o'clock there now so (laughs) yeah man well but now that now everyone's asleep right so now i can get into the zone the best time to work i don't you know it i'm I'm down here every night working yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right man well you take care dude all right thanks very much see you later And that was my chat with Mahoney. I hope you enjoyed that. They make awesome music and you should go check it out because it is good stuff. And that is all I have to say. So thank you so much for listening to the show. Tune in next time to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. If you'd like to support the show, you can do it at patreon.com slash beyondsynth or you can go to beyondsynth.com and click on the PayPal button. That is also something you can do if that's something you want to do. And like I said, you join the $25 club and uh, you can come join us for an episode and that's fun too. And that is all I have to say. So have a lovely week and I will uh, talk to you next time on Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. Beyond Synth is made possible by the supporters on Patreon and PayPal. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a supporter at patreon.com slash beyondsynth or donating via PayPal at beyondsynth.com. If you want to submit music to the show, please email beyondsynthsubmissions at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to Beyond Synth on YouTube, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and Facebook. May the Force be with you.
Beyond Synth is made in partnership with your mom. Ha, 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 